This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents actor Peter Ustinoff reading The Unicorn in the Garden and Other Fables for Our Time. Written by James Thurber, who spent 35 years with the New Yorker magazine until his death in 1961, these fables reflect the author's keen insights about the comic human condition. The Unicorn in the Garden Once upon a sunny morning, a man who sat in a breakfast nook looked up from his scrambled eggs to see a white unicorn with a golden horn quietly cropping the roses in the garden. The man went up to the bedroom where his wife was still asleep and woke her. There's a unicorn in the garden, he said, eating roses. She opened one unfriendly eye and looked at him. The unicorn is a mythical beast, she said, and turned her back on him. The man walked slowly downstairs and out into the garden. The unicorn was still there. He was now browsing among the tulips. Here, unicorn, said the man, and he pulled up a lily and gave it to him. The unicorn ate it gravely. With a high heart, because there was a unicorn in his garden, the man went upstairs and roused his wife again. Uh, the unicorn, he said, ate a lily. The wife sat up in bed and looked at him coldly. You are a booby, she said, and I am going to have you put in the booby hatch. The man, who had never liked the words booby and booby hatch, and who liked them even less on a shining morning when there was a unicorn in the garden, thought for a moment. We'll see about that, he said. He walked over to the door. He has a golden horn in the middle of his forehead, he told her. Then he went back to the garden and watched the unicorn. But the unicorn had gone away. The man sat down among the roses and went to sleep. As soon as the husband had gone out of the house, the wife got up and dressed as fast as she could. She was very excited, and there was a gloat in her eye. She telephoned the police, and she telephoned a psychiatrist. She told them to hurry to her house and bring a straitjacket. When the police and the psychiatrist arrived, they sat down in chairs and looked at her with great interest. Um, my husband, she said, saw a unicorn this morning. The police looked at the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist looked at the police. Uh, he told me it ate a lily, she said. The psychiatrist looked at the police, and the police looked at the psychiatrist. <laughs> he told me it had a golden horn in the middle of its forehead, she said. At a solemn signal from the psychiatrist, the police leapt from their chairs and seized the wife. They had a hard time subduing her, for she put up a terrific struggle, but they finally subdued her. Just as they got her into the straitjacket, the husband came back into the house. Uh, did you tell your wife you saw a unicorn, asked the police. Of course not, said the husband. The unicorn is a mythical beast. That's all I wanted to know, said the psychiatrist. Take her away. I'm sorry, sir, but your wife is as crazy as a jaybird. So they took her away, cursing and screaming, and shut her up in an institution. The husband lived happily ever after. Moral, don't count your boobies until they are hatched.
The Tiger Who Understood People Once upon a time, there was a tiger who escaped from a zoo in the United States and made his way back to the jungle. During his captivity, the tiger had learned a great deal about how men do things, and he thought he would apply their methods to life in the jungle. The first day he was home, he met a leopard, and he said, There's no use in you and me hunting for food. We'll make the other animals bring it to us. How'll we do that? asked the leopard. Oh, easy, said the tiger. You and I will tell everybody that we're going to put on a fight and that every animal will have to bring a freshly killed boar in order to get in and see the fight. Then we will just spar around and not hurt each other. Later, you can say that you broke a bone in your paw during the second round, and I'll say I broke a bone in my paw during the first round. Then we will announce a return engagement, and they'll have to bring us more wild boars. I don't think this will work, said the leopard. Oh, yes, it will, said the tiger. You just go around saying you can't help winning because I'm a big palooka, and I'll go around saying I can't lose because you're a big palooka, and everybody will want to come and see the fight. Now, so the leopard went round telling everybody that he couldn't help winning because the tiger was a big palooka, and the tiger went round telling everybody he couldn't lose because the leopard was a big palooka. The night of the fight came, and the tiger and the leopard were very hungry because they, they hadn't gone out and done any hunting at all. They wanted to get the fight over as soon as possible and eat some of the freshly killed wild boars, which all the animals would bring to the fight. But... When the hour of the combat came, none of the animals at all showed up. The way I look at it, a fox told them, is this. If the leopard can't help winning and the tiger can't lose, it'll be a draw. And a draw is a very dull thing to watch, particularly when fought by fighters who are both big palookas. The animals all saw the logic of this and stayed away from the arena. When it got to be midnight and it was obvious that none of the animals would appear and there wouldn't be any wild boar meat to devour, the tiger and the leopard fell upon each other in a rage. They were both injured so badly and they were both so worn out by hunger that a couple of wild boars came wandering along, attacked them and killed them easily. Moral. If you live as humans do, it will be the end of you. The Lion Who Wanted to Zoom There was once a lion who coveted an eagle's wings. So he sent a message to the eagle asking him to call. And when the eagle came to the lion's den, the lion said, I'll trade you my mane for your wings. Keep talking, brother, said the eagle. Without my wings, I could no longer fly. So what, said the lion. I can't fly now, but that doesn't keep me from being king of beasts. I became king of beasts on account of my magnificent mane. All right, said the eagle, but give me a mane first. Just approach a little nearer, said the lion, so that I can hand it to you. <laughs> the eagle came closer, and the lion clapped a huge paw on him, pinning him to the ground. Come across with those wings, he snarled. So the lion took the eagle's wings, but kept his own mane. The eagle was very despondent for a while, and then he had an idea. Hey, uh, I bet you can't fly off the top of that great rock yonder, said the eagle. Who, me? said the lion. 
and he walked to the top of the rock and took off. His weight was too great for the eagle's wings to support, and besides, he didn't know how to fly, never having tried it before. So he crashed at the foot of the rock and burst into flames. The eagle hastily climbed down to him and regained his wings and took off the lion's mane, which he put about his own neck and shoulders. Flying back to the rocky nest where he lived with his mate, he decided to have some fun with her. So, covered with a lion's mane, he poked his head into the nest and in a deep, awful voice said, Haroo! <laughs> his mate, who was very nervous anyway, grabbed a pistol from a bureau drawer and shot him dead, thinking he was a lion. Moral, never allow a nervous female to have access to a pistol, no matter what you're wearing. This has been Harper Audio. Harper Collins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.